Let's take our Bibles, please, this morning to Exodus chapter 20. We're continuing our sermon series through the Ten Commandments, God's Rules for Righteous Living. Uh, The other one that Adrian Rogers made popular was the perfect ten for homes that win. The Ten Commandments, we're today, we're, we're dealing with number nine, and it's one that's very serious, one that in our nation and in our country today is a great battle, it's a great problem, even within the church today. And let's take a look, Exodus 20, verse number 16. The Bible says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. We're dealing today with the subject of lying. In other words, the title of today's message is this, The Liability of a Liar. Friends, I want to tell you, in today's culture, in our day and age, lying is the new norm. I mean, falsehood is so true. I I saw a report yesterday on on the internet, and what came up was, the Louisiana State University, or LSU in other words, they have a gymnastics team. And they post their gymnastics team all the time on social media. But what they found was, was the pictures that they posted from the gymnastics team was actually, they were all doctored and edited to make their athletes look better, skinnier, and fitter than they really were in real life. What, what they did was, the people who researched it, they went to the athletes' individual social media Then they went to the LSU's social media and compared the two images that were posted, and they were both different. They were different than one another. One was doctored. So, of course, we see lying and falsehood all the time today, and as technology grows, as artificial intelligence continues, there are things that may seem one way, but they are not the case. Today, we are dealing with such a subject of the liability of liars. Let's pray, and we'll deal with such a subject today. Father, thank you for the precious Bible, the good word, the sure word, the perfect word that we have. Father, I ask God that you'd help us today. Help my voice, please. Help my ability to articulate well. God, I ask that you'd make it clear what we preach today, that it would be holy and entirely your word, that God, it would be pleasing unto you. Lord, please help us this morning. In Christ's name, amen. For those of you who who have not been with us, we want to remind you of some things about the Ten Commandments before we dig in here. There are five rules for understanding the Ten Commandments. Rule number one, each of these commandments reflect God's character. So each one of these reflect who He is. So any time that the Bible says, Thou shalt not, like commit adultery, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, Thou shalt not kill, etc., they show God's eternal character, but also they show what God wants you to do. So when the Bible says, Thou shalt not commit adultery, It also means that thou shalt be faithful. You shall be loyal. You shall be committed. The Bible says thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not destroy or hate is what that Bible talks about. Thou shalt love. Thou shalt care and give unto others and so forth and so on. So they show God's character. Number two, they keep full authority today. They do not lose the authority. So in other words, what I will tell you this, and not to sound smart, Alec, with you, But if you do not like one of God's Ten Commandments, you do not like, in fact, God Himself. They are who He is. You cannot separate who He is from what He is found in the Ten Commandments. Number three, the Ten Commandments were designed for believers. They're for us. They are righteous rules for us today to live. Like Adrian Rogers said before, he said, The perfect ten for homes that win. Though they are binding upon all men, yes, all men should live under these rules that they are especially most helpful and productive for those among believers on how we should live and how we should act. 
Number four, one of the most important ones that most people don't realize. Each of the Ten Commandments covers a family of sins. In other words, when the Bible says thou should not commit adultery, it's not simply talking about the act of adultery by cheating on your spouse. He's also dealing with fornication, with lust, bestiality, anything sexual outside of marriage. When the Bible talks about thou should not kill, it also talks about hate and hatred and endings and wrath within your life. So it covers a whole family of sins. For example, to show that to be true, excuse me, when Christ said thou should not commit adultery after a woman, he says if a man looks after a woman with his heart and lusts, he's committed adultery already in his heart. So the Bible goes even deeper than just the plain Jane commandment. Each commandment covers a whole family, a whole tree, basically, of sin. Number five, very important, please listen. Though these commands are expressed negatively, like thou shalt not, do not, don't commit this, these commands are also given to us that we may perform the opposite. That when the Bible says, thou shalt have no other gods before me, there's the negative, but then God wants us to express the positive. You shall have one God, one Lord, one God. So today we're dealing with number nine. We're almost done with this study. It's been very profitable. The liability of liars. You know what? I'll be very honest with you about myself. There are, there's really a few things in my life that I strongly, strongly dislike. And some of them I'd say I'd even hate. Some are comical, some are serious. For example, I cannot stand the Green Bay Packers. I hate them. I don't want nothing to do with them. I'm a Chicago Bears fan. They are not allowed to be involved with me at all. And that's more of a jest. But in reality, I hate alcohol with a strong passion. I hate it. I believe the Bible's against it, and I hate it with all my might. But one of the biggest things that I hate is liars. And I don't mean that I hate the person necessarily, but I mean that I hate lying as a whole. I cannot stand being lied to. I hate those that lie. And the biggest pet peeve, really, the biggest problem I have with the majority of my staff is when they boldface lie to you, and you catch them all the time. Let me read this to you about a lie. First, somebody told it. Then the room could not hold it. So the busy tongues rolled it till they got outside. Then the crowd came across it and never once lost it, but tossed it and tossed it till it grew long and grew wide. This lie brought forth others, dark sisters and brothers, and fathers and mothers, a terrible crew, and while headlong they hurried, the people they flurried, and troubled and worried, as lies always do. And so evil-bodied, this monster lay goaded, till at last it exploded in smoke and in shame. Then from mud and from mire, the pieces flew higher, and hit the sad victim and killed a good name. Isaiah fifty-nine fourteen. you don't have to turn, I will read this for you. The Bible says, truth is fallen in the street. It's gone. Lies are perpetuating our nation and our churches today. Isaiah, back then, even thousands of years ago, said this about the nation of Israel. He said, the truth is fallen. It's cast away. It's gone. And I'm here to tell you, the Bible says, friends, that the church is to be the ground and pillar of truth. So if anyone on earth is to speak the truth, love the truth, and live the truth, it is God's people who are called to be the most honest on the face of the planet. And to each of us today who have dishonesty within us, and then we'll deal with some of this soon, shame on us. 
Because the Bible says that Jesus Christ was the way, the truth, and the life. We know that the Bible says you shall know the truth, and it shall make you free. Truth is very important because true is the very nature and character of God. Let me be, let me rephrase, but very simply put to you. Anything that is a lie is against God. Any untruth is anti-godly. Anything that is false doctrine, falsehoods, or untruthness is anti-Christ and against God and against His very character of who He is. I want to show you a few things this morning to be very plain with you. Of course, this subject is so vast and so large that I could not hit it all in one message, but with the grace and help of God, I'm going to try to. Number one, I'd like you to see the problem with a liar. The Bible says, Thou shalt not bear false witness. So if you don't believe me that lying's bad, let's go back to the simplicity of it that God says, and we can illustrate this, God looks you bold in your God-given eyeballs and says, do not be a liar. That's as simple as it gets. It's very clear, very understandable for us. Let me read some Bible verses to you. And this is the scripture. So if you have a problem with it, you have to take it up with God. John 8, 44 says this. It says, ye are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. Here's what the Bible says about Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there was no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. Listen to these words, please. For he is a liar and the father of it. Hmm. If Satan is the father of lies, then who, friends, are the children? Well, friends, that would be those of us who are liars, or the children of the father. Exodus 23 says this, Thou shalt not raise a false report, put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil, neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after many to rest judgment. Proverbs 26, 28 says this, A lying tongue hates those that are afflicted by it. People who lie hate those they lie to. Psalm 58, 3 says this, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. Friends, the Bible is very important with truth. Why do you think God would put His Word into writing so we could know what is true and what is false. God wants us to know black and white that it is not gray. There is truth truth, and there is falsehood. Let me read this to you. A lie has no legs. It requires others to support it. You tell one lie and you're forced to tell others to back it up. Stretching the truth won't make it last any longer. Those that think it is permissible to tell white lies soon grow colorblind. What's the problem with liars? Number one, I want to tell you it's a lack of integrity. They are not honest. They're not truthful. And I want to be very clear, they're sly people. And they're liars. They're false and they're fake. In this modern day and age of social media and culture that we live in, many people are liars. Because many of us, we think that everyone has it made, sitting in the shade, drinking ice cold pink lemonade based on their pictures on their Facebook, social media, Instagram, Snapchat, and all the others. But you realize they're only showing you the best and even their own best pictures they have to doctor to make themselves look better. 
There are people now you can pay to make yourself look skinny in a picture. I'm thinking about doing it. What about y'all? I'm just kidding. Uh, there's lies. It's not truth. Anytime, and this is, I don't want to be too much of a stickler, but anytime we edit a picture to make it what it isn't, it's a lie. It's not really what it is. And the entire country does it all the time. You want to know something that's very disgusting that is coming up and you will see it. This new artificial intelligence, they are making child pornography with it. But it's not even a crime because it's all fake. It's not a real child being harmed. And then they sell it. And it's a real lifelike looking videos of children in sexual acts that thus is being shown. And it, thus it is a lie. But look what is shown to our nation and our country. And you must be very careful with what is coming ahead. So it's a lack of integrity. They're not honest. Men, I want to speak to the fellas in here and be very clear with you. You need to be honest and you need to be truthful. God's man ought to be a man that has a backbone to say what's right and what's wrong and to do it with love. Now, don't think that this is your rule and I can just say whatever I want because it's true. No, the Bible says speaking truth in love. So don't think you can go around saying, wow, that girl looks crazy. Or you look horrible today. Don't think you can go around saying every truth that you believe under the sun and because you're telling the truth, you can get away with it. The Bible does say speaking the truth in love. So there is twofold part with that. Also, what's the problem with a liar? A lack of credibility. They can't be trusted. You lie boldly to me once, friends, I'm always going to have a target on your back. That doesn't mean I'm going to be bitter and not forgive you, but I'm going to know this person will straight up lie to me and do it with a smile on their face. You know, uh, throughout my time as in management and dealing with things, there'll be customers who will steal, and you'll catch them plain Jane on camera. You'll show them them on camera, and they will boldface look at you and say, I didn't do it. Amen. I got the camera right here that says you did it. You're right here. You put it in your pocket. Take it out of your pocket. It's right there, you liar. And people, I've learned. Now, when I grew up, I think my parents raised me with a good heart where I believed what people told me to be true. But as I'm getting older, I've learned a lot of people are just straight, bold-faced liars. And they don't tell the truth. There's a lack of credibility. You can never be sure what they're saying to be true. That's a problem with a liar. You know, when you become a liar and everyone knows you're a liar, no one trusts you as far as they can throw you. No one trusts you. You want to have friends? Stop being a liar. You want to be honest? Stop being a liar. I mean, this is pretty simple to stop lying. But the problem is, for most of us, is lying becomes who we are. Some of you today, maybe, and whoever listens to this on radio, may be involved in such a large lie that that's actually who you think you are. You may be lying to yourself. You may be saying, well, I'm this and that, and I have all this, and you're a liar. That's not really who you are or what's really going on. You're lying to yourself. You're lying to others. Some of you are so caught up in a lie that you don't even know who you are anymore because everything you've got going on in your world is fake, and it's not true. It's not really who you are at all. You know, when I was coming up and, uh, you know, in the dating scene when you're, when you're growing and trying to find your spouse and things like that, you'll find a lot of people change to match their spouse. They do all the time. And people lie and it's not really who they are. And that's why you must be very careful to see who they are before decisions are made. So they lack integrity. They lack credibility. Number three, they lack reliability. You can't count on them. A liar, you don't know, hey, is what you're saying true? Is what you're saying false? I have employees that lack credibility, they lack integrity, and they lack reliability. So when they tell me things, I'm like, eh, hold up, I don't know if I can believe you. 
And that's the problem with liars is they are a menace to the world and they are a menace to God because lies go against the truth. Do you understand that they are at war versus one another? Get this, a lie goes against truth just as truth goes against a lie. Now what I've learned today is people lie simply for this, they can't handle the truth. They can't handle it. And they drink themselves to death. They smoke themselves to death. They live a lifestyle that where they can't handle the truth. But friends, I'm here to tell you and encourage you, there's nothing more you need than the truth. You need it. So number one, you saw the problem with a liar. Now, this is where we really get into the stuff that you may say, well, I'm not a liar. I don't lie. Well, we're about to find out. We're about to take a test. So be prepared for your test. Number two, the prospect of a liar. The Bible says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. The Hebrew word translated bear here means to look upon, consider, pay heed, listen to. It also means to give or communicate. So, get this. Uh-oh. The Bible says, Do not bear. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Not only does that mean you're not to be a liar, but you're not to give ear and listen to liars. So every time you've kept your mouth shut, listening to one of your coworkers run their mouth lying, telling untruths, and you've listened there and bore it and listened to it, you're part of the problem. Anytime you hear a mistruth and you do nothing to correct that said truth, we thus are the problem. We become an issue as well. All those gossips you hear at work and at school and all the places you go and all ladies and men, you give ear to it, and you're like, oh, ah, oh, what do they do, this and that? Friends, the Bible says it is a great disservice to your own self to judge a matter before you truly know what's going on. The problem is, as many of us are listening to liars, you may not be a liar from your own mouth, but you've got a lot of little gossips in your life, a lot of little buddies, a lot of little friends who are running their mouth and lying and doing all kinds of junk, and you're giving heed to it, and you're an accomplice to their lie. The commandment not only prohibits the hearing of, and the utterance of anything false, it prohibits having anything to do with anything that's not true. Anything. You're not friends. You're not kissing cousins. You don't hang out. You're not best friends with anything that is not true. To express it another way, so we're clear, the commandment says you shall not carry false witness either in your head, in your heart, or on your lips. Though someone may feel strongly about something, and they may be right, they don't bring the problem to the right people sometimes. Instead, they murmur in the shadows. Meanwhile, they continue to behave towards the church leaders as though they are perfectly happy about everything. You ever seen that? Some of you are lying because you believe one thing in your heart, and you're living something outside of it as well. There's something going on with we're deceiving and we're lying and we're deceptive in our own Christian life. Some of you are deceiving your own spiritual life thinking you're something that you're not. The Bible says take heed and look at yourself. Examine yourself because some of you think you're up here when in all reality you're way worse than you think you are. What I've learned in my own heart, and I'm growing and learning, I've learned that I look at myself better than I really am. You know, here's a dangerous prayer for you to pray. I ask you to pray it. Ask God this, Lord, show me thyself. And then pray this one, Lord, show me myself. And be prepared. 
for what He shows you. Because what you learn is when God shows you your true self. I mean, when it gets down to the blackness of your heart, the sinful, the, the darkest parts there, when it gets deep, deep, deep in your heart and God shows you, it's going to scare your own self of what is in there. Let me show you a few things here. Do you know that pride and arrogance are usually behind boastful lies? Do you know that pride and cowardice are usually high, behind dishonest excuses? Do you know that hatred and jealousy are usually behind gossip? So anytime, what I'm trying to show you is, lying always has a train that follows it. It always has another motive. You lie for pride, you lie for hatred, you lie for jealousy, you lie for personal gain. I mean, it has other sin with it. So if you're a liar, don't think you're just being dishonest. No, there's other stuff going on too. There's plenty more going on. Here's some ways that we lie and we're dishonest. The biggest one that we're all guilty of, I know it, exaggeration. When we exaggerate, we are lying. It's not the truth. Now you may say, some of you may be fishermen, and you say, I caught a fish, baby, this big. I mean, it was foot and a half long. And then we see the picture, that puppy was a minnow, right? And you look and we exaggerate and we lie. Now why do we exaggerate? Most of the time it's to build our own ego, our own influence. Well, I'm all that, I'm wonderful. And we exaggerate. The devil, usually I've seen that a majority of our times when devil would like to re-enslave someone to be a liar, they first, he first starts with getting them to exaggerate. To start exaggerating stories. To make things more than they are. You know, my employees are horrible about this. They'll have a customer that calls them and the customer may be a little upset. And they'll say, Brandon, there's a customer on the phone. She's screaming. She's yelling. She's cussing. She's going to bring a gun to the store. I mean, I'm being a little exaggerative myself. But I'm trying to say they milk it so far. And I'll answer the phone and they're like, hey, uh, you just forgot my script. I'm like, okay, you know, have a good day. And I hang up the phone and they just milk it. Oh, it's just the worst, the meanest customers on the phone. And I go to the phone. I'm like, oh, heavens, please help me. Oh, my goodness, I'm nervous now. And I answer the phone. It's no big deal. It happens all, all the time. Exaggeration. Another one you may not have dealt with, but it's perjury. That's lying to win arguments, court cases, or to get favors when you're under oath and you're supposed to tell the truth and you perjure yourself, you lie on the stand. Another one's flattery. Some of us are so guilty of this. We go around telling compliments to all the people we really don't believe just to boost their ego and to make them like us. Oh, honey, you're all this and that. Oh, sir, you're wonderful. Oh, you're all that. To flatter them to make their head big when you don't actually believe what you're saying at all. The Bible's not against compliments, but it is against vain flattery. Another way that we lie, and we're all guilty of this, and I've heard so many Christians say this, it's just a what? A white lie. Friends, a white lie is still black as the pit of hell. A white lie is still dishonest. It's still untrue. I've seen lies. Any of you ever played the old game telephone? Right? Where you go around the circle and you tell everybody, you say one thing, and then you'll find the time it gets around, the lie has grown. At, I mean, or what was said, excuse me, the word is completely different. Now think about it if you told a lie and how that lie can mutate and become much worse to where the lie was, the beginning was bad. But then as it went around, it grew, and people are ruining other people's character. People will lie about you just to ruin you. I've heard of pastors where people just lie about them Make up, I mean, just plain lying, dishonest truths, just to ruin character. People do it all the time. We have people now, we have an HR department. Our company's grown, and staff will go to HR 
to just ruin someone else's credibility, their name, and will do it just to start a problem. And they bold face lie about it. Another way that people lie is uh, false doctrine. The Bible says, Jeremiah 6, it says, They have healed also the hurt of my daughter and my people, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Do you know what that means? Jeremiah says, The prophets, the false prophets, are going around Israel saying, There's peace, there's peace, everything's fine, when God says, You're all wrong, and you're all, not all is fine. The false doctrine in our churches, in our country, the preachers, who preach such dishonesty behind the pulpit, they will straight up lie to you. The preacher says something like this, dial this toll-free number, give me $1,000, and sow your seed a blessing. They lie. They say do this and that, and you look at their financial records, they just straight up lie to people. You know, some of the most dangerous lies, the most dangerous lies, are when they come with the name of Christ attached to it. What blasphemy and how many people are deceived in a lie every single day. You know, my father will remember this. I've told you this story before. When I was in Spanish class, my junior year of high school, my father called me on the phone and uh, in the middle of class. And he said, did you just call your grandmother and prank her in class? And I was like, no, I'm literally in the middle of Spanish class. And he says, well, somebody just called her saying it was her grandson and that he's in jail and needs money to get out of jail, and Grandma was about to send money, but then she called me. And, and if I remember right, Grandma's crying hysterically that I'm in prison, and I'm in jail, and she was about to send money. You'll find so many people are caught up in catfishing schemes and lies, and you see our society, elderly people are getting milked completely. I told you a story last week. There's a young lady I know at Kroger who believes her husband is a general in Africa and is coming to marry her, but to get here, she has to send $1,000 a month. And she pays it. And she pays it. Try to warn them. You tell them. Nope, nope. And their heart is so consumed by the lie. They're so attached to it. That they just live under it. Proverbs 36 says, Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee and thou be found a liar. Preachers who add unto the word of God or take away from the word of God, they're liars. The Bible says he'll deal with them. The next thing that's true in this is dishonesty. Bible says, Proverbs 14.25, A true witness delivers souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. Another way is broken promises. You ever made a promise that you didn't keep? You're a liar. And it's wrong. The Bible says that your yeas be yeas, your nays be nays. And friends, let me be very clear. This may not... We are an older crowd. I don't have a lot of kids my age here and adults my age who would battle this necessarily. But men, ladies... You need to be a person who is a man of their word and be a lady of your word. And what you say you do, you'll do. Integrity means what you thought, what you said, and what you did. You did all three and they were the same. Be a man and woman of your word and have integrity about you. And of all people, God's people ought to be people who are men and ladies of integrity, honesty, and truthfulness. Another way is deception. Whenever we deceive, you know you can deceive people with your own facial expressions. You say, well, I love you with your eyebrows raised high and you deceive people that way. Lying is not only saying something, but also how you act that deceives people. You lie by deception. Oh, some of you lie by omission. You lie by not saying things. You omit them. Well, I didn't lie to him, but I lied by not saying it. 
Another way that we lie is plagiarism. You copy what's not yours. You take what's not yours and you plagiarize it. So many Christians today are plagiarizing other Christians. You know how they do such? They see, they see a true Christian who loves God, loves Christ. They want that, so they just copy what they do and they don't genuinely have anything for themselves. No, I'm afraid a lot. Some I'm not going to say a lot, but some Christians in our country today are not truly saved. They're just lying and they're being deceived by following someone else. Go to Proverbs. Let's jump here with me. I want to take you here. Proverbs chapter 25, so you can see it for yourself. Proverbs 25, verse number 18. Proverbs 25, 18 says this, A man that beareth false witness against his neighbor is a maul and a sword and a sharp arrow. Did you see those three things? He's a maul, he's a sword, and he's a sharp arrow. That's what a liar is. Now, what is exactly does that mean? A maul is a war club. It's used for very close hand-to-hand combat. Hey, liar! Hey, look at me, please. Listen. You who lie and deceive and are dishonest, Bible says you're a maul, which is a club. That's used for very intimate, close-to-close, uh, close hand-to-hand combat. What does that show us? Liars, you cannot be a liar without hurting yourself. It hurts you. It changes your very character. And once you lie once, you build upon it. And you grow until it's who you are. You don't see how lying affects you, how it impacts your everyday life, how you lie to yourself. You're not even the real you anymore. You're something completely different. That's what a maul is. It's used for very close hand-to-hand combat. Number two, you saw that a man that bears false witness is a sword. What in the world is that? That's for even... That's close hand-to-hand combat, but a little bit farther away. What the Bible shows us here, liar, sir, lady, you who lie, do you not see how a lie can affect your children? How it affects those who are close to you? Who affect your life? Do you not see how it can ruin a child's life by a lie? How dishonesty can ruin people and ruin the ones you love? Those of you who are habitual liars, you're hurting your own families and you're ruining your own testimony. Also, lastly, you saw a man that bears false witness is a sharp arrow. Now, what's that? An arrow is used for long-distance battle. Don't you see how lying affects the world? If you can turn on TV and not see how lying affects the world, friends, you're blind as can be. Do you not see how it ruins families? It ruins nations. Lies ruin testimonies. It ruins how we believe people. Some of you believe lies about others just because someone told you, and you've never actually confirmed it for yourself. There are people you dislike in the world that if you knew the truth, you wouldn't dislike them. You just believe what somebody's told you. Yeah, be very careful. Some of you may dislike me as a pastor because someone told you something, but you never checked for yourself, and it may be untrue. I may have some quarrel against you. You never know. This stuff happens in our everyday life where we believe something about someone else that is not necessarily true. Number three, we're going quickly. We'll be almost done. You saw this morning a, the prospect of a liar, the problem of a liar. Number three, this is Bible. I can't, I can't argue with this, so don't fight me with this. Number three, you see the penalty for a liar. You know, the story is told of four high school boys who couldn't resist the temptation to skip morning classes. Each had been smitten with a bad case of uh, uh, senioritis. You know what that is. And uh, so after lunch, they showed up at school. And they reported to the teacher. They all said that their car was, they were late because their car had a flat tire. 
Much to their relief, the teacher said, okay, well, since you, you missed a quiz this morning, so sit down, just take this quiz and catch up on the quiz. So all the, the four boys sat down, got their pencils ready to take this quiz to make up, blah, blah, blah. And she asked, here's the first question, question which tire was flat? <laughs> to catch them in a lie. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says this. Please listen. These six things doth the Lord hate. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked imagination, feet that be swift to running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Two out of those of that list of the things God hates, can't argue with the Bible. He says the Lord hates this. He says a lying tongue and a false witness that speaks lies. Can't argue with it. The penalty for a liar. This one's where it gets tough. Revelation 21.8 says this, But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable, abominable and murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Liars are hellish in the way they live. And let me be very clear. The Holy Spirit, when He's leading and directing you, saved man or lady, will never lead you to be a liar. Show me a liar, I'll show you a man who's not following God. Show me a liar, and I'll show you a woman who's not with the Lord at all. The Bible says, Ephesians 4.29-30 says this, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, includes lying, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you're sealed. If adultery weakens the sinner, then so does lying. Lying weakens us. It changes who we are, and it corrupts us to our very nature. Lying, of course, again, remember, it's in the family of sins. Lying is not just by itself. Pride, arrogancy, jealousy, lust, it all is included in this. And when you lie, it will spread and make you into a monster in which you never intended to be. You cannot even picture how much damage you've done to yourself by all the lies you've told in your life. Proverbs 19.5 says, A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. Truth is important to God. Proverbs 19.9 A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. You know, there's two things here I'll mention for you. There is a penalty for the liar. Number one, there's an everyday penalty. It affects your everyday life. It'll affect your job. People have lost jobs because they're liars. It'll affect your marriage. People have lost their marriage because they're liars. It'll affect your home. It'll affect every aspect of your entire life. It'll affect you so bad you'll even lie to your own self to where you don't even believe the truth anymore, to where you can't distinguish what you're lying about and what's true. The problem with lying especially is when you lie, you start to believe the lie. And when you lie to yourself about what's really going on, what's really happening in your heart and who you really are, friends, Realize that you'll start to believe the lie, and guess what? You'll deceive, the Bible says, your own self. The penalty is an everyday penalty, but can't hide this from the Bible. It's an everlasting penalty. God will deal with liars. The Christian, number one, woman or liar, 
uh, well, man or woman, excuse me, is a person who should be faithful, truthful, and honest. God hates liars and He will deal with them. Now, do I mean that if you're a liar and you're saved, you'll go to hell? I do not mean that. But the Bible says, I cannot argue with liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. And lying is one of the chief sins of the entire Bible. Dishonesty and distruth. Friends, I'll nod, I'll hit this quickly. The false preacher, to the man of God who preaches falsehoods, a false gospel, a false salvation, that person will be in front of God and will have to give an account for what he's done. Fourthly, let's give some joy, all right? So you saw these things. Let's give you something that will help you. Number four, the prescription for a liar. Now, I work in the medical field. We give medicine. Why do you give medicine? Someone has a problem and they want it to be fixed. So let's say you have a lying problem. What now? What should you do? What's the prescription to help with this problem? You know, a manager was asked by his laziest employee for a recommendation for another job. The manager thought hard all night for something that would be honest, but that wouldn't hurt the young man's chances at the new job. The manager said, you will be lucky, quote, if you can get him to work for you. Some of y'all missed that. You'd be lucky if you can get him to work for you. True, it didn't hurt his chances. Truthfulness, listen to me, is so precious to God and so vital to our spiritual good that the campaign against a lying tongue must never be relaxed. The gospel is so important that I hate lying. Why do I dislike lying and hate it? Not because I'm just angry and bitter. Lies go against the gospel. Lies go against God. And here's a general rule for your life. If God's against it, so am I. Lies aren't true. They can't handle the facts. And remember this, you've heard this old saying, and I don't mean to be harsh, but facts care not about your feelings. Now we are to speak the truth in love. Don't get me wrong. But we all need a true dose of the truth and the prescription of truth. Now here's one thing that truth teaches us. Truthfulness, we think that God, when He talks about truth, is just a robot or a politician when He talks about truth. No, when God speaks about truth, He does it with His deepest heart and for our own good. When He gives truth to us, it is for our benefit not to say, ooh, ooh, I'm better than you, I know what's right and you don't. When God tells us truth, it's for our own benefit. Truth is actually, stop looking at truth, stop looking at the Bible as something to hurt you and start looking at it for something to help you. Truth is good for you. It is not bad. Some of you may say, well, you've been eating pizza your whole life and your mom finally wants to give you some vegetables. Say, ew, I don't want vegetables. They're good for you. You can't live on a lie. You will starve on a lie. You need the truth. And truth will make you, sir, into a man. Truth will make you, lady, into a woman. Truth will mature you. Some of us today could be 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. We may be mature in age, but we're immature because we're liars and we believe lies and we won't do it. You know, A.W. Tozer, he said this. He said, the Christian will grow in proportion. He's able to criticize himself. Some of you lie and deceive your own selves, your own hearts, that you aren't growing at all because you don't see a real problem. Most of us realize this. In order to fix a problem, first you have to see the problem. So it's going to have to get ugly. You know, when I try to lose weight and stuff, first I have to look and say, wow, I've let myself go a little bit and i got to fix it before I have the motivation to fix it. Does that make sense? You must see the truth of who you really are before it gives you motivation to see it. Let me give you some things here that will help you. Titus 1-2. 
Bible says, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie. So what does this show us? God cannot lie to you, and He will not lie to you. So have some hope that everything God says in His Word is true. And you can, that old song says, standing on the promises of Christ my King. Stand on them. Because God, in His true and holy character, He cannot lie. And so everything He says, you can take it and believe it. Psalm 44 says this, Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, nor search turn aside to lies. Hey friend, when are you going to stop believing the media, the world, and your old buddy that you meet at Hardy's every morning, and start believing the Word of God and trust the truth? Psalm 119, 128 says this, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I, have, I hate every false way. I want to tell you that God has integrity. He hates all falsehood, and He loves all truth. Our calling, here's what God would ask of you. Let's summarize the entire thing today. Our calling is to hold the truth in the highest regard. Friends, years ago, men and women would die for the truth. They would die for it. And today, we won't even live for it. Don't tell me you're willing to die for something if you're not willing to live for it. That makes you a liar. So here's three things, the prescription for, for the liar. Here's what I'd recommend you. It's going to be catchy, and it'll be a help, hopefully. Number one, you have to learn the truth. You need to find out what's true and what's false. Stop believing everything you've been told by some preacher, by some friend, by your, even your own parents. Not saying rebel against such avenues, but learn the truth for yourself. Read your own Bible. Study your own self. Quit believing everything you scroll and see on Facebook and believe the truth. Learn it. Read. Study. Pray, ask God to show you the truth and stop just trusting everything else you've heard under the sun. Learn the truth. That's the first thing you need to do. But learning it is not the only thing. Number two, you have to love it. You may know the truth. Some people know what's true. They hate it though. And they stay from it. They'll say, I know what's right to do, but I'm choosing to go a different way. Nuh-uh, <clears throat> not gonna work. Not just learning it, but then you have to love it. You have to love it. And then thirdly, you have to live it. Here's the problem with most of us, friends. We want to be blind to the truth. Sinners want to be blind to the truth. They even tell you, look up on the internet why people drink. They'll tell you, alcoholics will tell you, I drink because I can't handle the truth of the world. Ask them. Sinners can't handle it. The Bible says they stumble in the darkness, but they don't know what they stumble at. They won't learn it. They actually will tell you, I don't want to know the truth. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Don't tell me. Friends, you need to be a man or woman who says, I am going to handle the truth and I'm going to learn it whether it hurts my feelings or not. I need to know the truth. You need to love it and say the truth is what's good for me. Say, and some of us have this problem in our hearts. We say, God's word, it just, ugh, it just constricts me. I hate it. Ugh, I just want to be free from it. No, you need to learn to love it and learn that the truth of God's word is there to help you. It is a boundary. It is to help you. And then you actually have to live it. It's one thing to love it, one th thing to learn it, but now you've got to actually do it. Live truthfully. That means, sir, ma'am, listen, let me tell you, I don't know all your personal details, but I'll ask you this. You probably know of a lie or a deception of something you've done. Maybe it's your own wife, 
your own husband, your own family, your own pastor, whoever. And if you know it and you know it's there, you need to make it right with that person. You absolutely need to make it right. Say, sir, I lied to you. I'll tell you a personal example to show you I'm not above it. My freshman year of Bible college, one of my first quizzes, I'm going to tell you one of my faults. I cheated on a quiz in Bible college as a freshman. I looked at about six or seven answers of the guy next to me. And I graduated Bible college, of course. That was my freshman year, sophomore, junior, senior. Then I went and got my master's degree for two more years. So about five years later, four years, five, six years later, me and my wife had the chance. I went and preached at that Bible college a few months ago. I found that old professor. You can ask him. I found my old professor who I cheated on in that class, and I went to him because the Lord brought it to my mind again. For years, I remembered it. And I went to him, and I said, I'm sorry, I cheated on your quiz you gave me in 2017, and it's 2023 now. And I said, will you forgive me? I cheated on it, I'm sorry. And he said, he laughed. He's like, really? You're going to bring that up after all this time, that? He said, yes, brother, you're forgiven. All is well. I'm proud of you for what you're doing. But I believe that's what God wanted me to do, to make that right with him over something that to many people would be something small, just some menial, low quiz with just 10 questions on it that really, out of all the schooling I went through, meant little to nothing. But for the sake of what God does, you need to get it right with other people. Friends, liars are liability. You'll find that every time a church dissolves or a church breaks or splits, it always has a deceptive liar. That's involved, always. And friends, we are people of truth. Christ walked in truth. He loved it. He was the Word, and the Word was made flesh, and the Word's the truth. And you need to love it. Because liability, there's a great liability for people who are liars. They'll ruin a church. They'll ruin your job. They'll ruin your home. And they have no place in the church of God. Be honest. Be truthful. Let's pray. Father, we thank you.